Do you feel beautiful? Do you look beautiful? Does one really affect the other? Welcome to Beauty Inside and Out with host Bonnie Bonadeo. In our show, we'll help you uncover your true self and unleash beauty that you never knew existed in order to be at your best, both inside and out. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Bonadeo. Welcome, everybody, to Beauty Inside and Out in this beautiful spring day here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm well past my prime in regards to having children, but even in my prime, um, I had a lot of difficulties, and I know that at that time, me and my friends, we were all kind of starting to have children a little bit later than uh, in our 30s versus in our 20s. Um, and we were really faced with a lot of challenges, challenges for us to stay healthy, challenges for the baby to be healthy, challenges of not being able to feel as good during a pregnancy that, you know, it seemed like back in the day um, when our mothers were pregnant with us, you know, we wondered, did they have some of these same, you know, issues. And even today, you know, there, it seems like there's just a lot more difficulties in people having babies, getting pregnant, um, and being able to go full terms with them. So my guest today is Dr. Keisha Gaither, MD, and uh, she's a double board certified physician as OBGYN. She's in the maternal and fetal medicine um, category. And she's the director of perinatal services at Lincoln Medical and Mental Health Center in Bronx, New York. And so welcome, uh, Dr. Gaither. Glad to have you here. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So, so this, is a, this is an interesting topic that we're going to talk about today. Um, and I know there's probably an enormous amount to cover and enormous amount that you want to make sure that you're educating all my listeners on. Uh, which, you know, the, this my listenership is the perfect audience for this conversation, whether they've, um, you know, already been through their childbearing years or whether they have children that are going into childbearing. I think that this is going to make a big impact um, for us to be able to make sure that we're having the healthiest babies out there. Okay. Yeah. So first I would like to, you know, I know that you're, um, you're out of New York and that's where you're providing the, the patient services that you offer, but can you give us a little bit of insight? What had you go down the path of OBGYN and all of this, uh, prenatal area? Well, to be honest, my mother told me that when I was around four years old, I was running around telling people that I was going to be a surgeon. So, you know, they kind of blew me <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until such a time as I, you know, got into school and really got into a lot of science and math. I was pretty much, you know, a nerd watching all of the health shows and the science shows. And then when I elected to go to medical school, my goal was to be a pediatrician, however, once I got in and started, you know, on my pediatric selective, they put me on the oncology service. So it was kind of, you know, disquieting to deal with little kids that had cancer. Now, my mm. next rotation was OBGYN, and I just fell in love with it. I had the opportunity to work with a wonderful maternal fetal medicine specialist, Dr. Uh, Shiraz Sundarji. So, Dr. Sundarji, if you're you're out there anywhere and listening, you really had a, an effect on me, and I just knew that maternal fetal medicine was going to be it for me, and so here I am. Oh, I love that, and I can I can definitely see why people are attracted to the OBGYN category. I mean, it's you know, it's a miracle, like. It Even is. as a it doctor really of is. science, right? You still think it's a miracle to be able to produce another human being and have a baby. 
Exactly. And so many things that could potentially go wrong 90% of the time don't, and you end up with, you know, a healthy and happy little bundle of joy. Yes, yeah. I, I, uh, I had difficulties myself when I went through the stage of, of trying to get pregnant. I had to have some, some modern medicine and um, some uh, support uh, from fertility doctors to be able to make that all happen. But, uh, and I just actually wrote a page in a book that's coming out in fall for me in regards to this process because I was oh, okay. so committed to being a mother, you know, in, in mm-hmm. any, whatever that looked like for me. But I was incredibly committed to being a mother and being able to go through the whole process of getting pregnant and being able to, you know, have a, have a child naturally. Um, and it wasn't without its challenges. So I, I mm-hmm. get, I get how difficult that this process can be, even though it's, it's part of our human nature to be able to, you know, procreate and reproduce. And, and they say that, you know, we're, we're designed to do this, but I think that there's a lot of women that are really struggling with, you know, how to do it better, how to do it healthier, how to not have some of the issues that are coming up today. Well, you know, there are some things that I usually tell patients um, who are thinking about having a baby. First and foremost, if you have any comorbid illnesses such as diabetes or hypertension, it's best to see your physician and get them under control before you can conceive. Um, pretty much because what affects you certainly affects baby and diabetes and hypertension are two of the main diseases that you can kind of get in control to prevent any kind of issues happening um, with your baby. Case in point, uh, if you're diabetic and you're poorly controlled, having a baby and, you know, conceiving when you're out of control puts your baby at risk of developing what's known as diabetic embryopathy where you have abnormalities in the development of the baby's brain and spinal cord, the baby's legs and the baby's heart. So these things can be obviated if you see your doctor and get yourself in control prior to even conceiving. Hypertension. Hypertension, you have to think of it as having tight pipes in your body. You know, your blood vessels are your pipes and they, they um, bring oxygen and nutrients to your baby. So if your pipes are tight um, because of hypertension, that's going to affect your baby's growth. So it's important to help uh, yourself and your baby by kind of getting whatever uh, underlying medical illnesses you have under control before you even conceive. So I think that's probably the main point I would like to tell my ladies out there. Get yourself in control because it can really affect uh, pregnancy outcomes. Yeah, and it's supposed to be a really glorious time, you know, to it be is. pregnant and to, you know, to know that you're bringing, a, you know, a, a, another human being into this earth. And if it if it's not, if it's you're not well or you're not managing it well or the baby's in distress, then it's not – it's a very, very, very stressful process at that point. It's very stressful. It can be. It can be very, very, very stressful. And stress um, does impact on fetal development. It really does. You know, a really stressed mom can preclude to um, – uh, a baby that is uh, growth restricted or once the baby is born, you know, very agitated baby because it's been in an environment that is stressful. And when you're stressed, you, presu- you produce a lot of uh, hormones and chemicals which do impact mm-hmm. fetal development. So Absolutely. it's important well, to be very calm and, and have a nurturing environment yeah. when, you're, when you're pregnant. 
I never felt better when I was pregnant, even though I did have some difficulties throughout my entire pregnancy. Um, but I felt, you know, emotionally and mentally prepared for what I was going through. But, Mm -hmm. um, there was some concerns. Um, I was on bed rest for, you know, after 10 weeks up to seven months and, um, that, that, and I had like three jobs and was, you know, I was the go girl. Um, so that was, you know, really, really taking me back a little bit. Yeah. It was very difficult for me to just stop and, um, you know, rest and be rested and, and, you know, keep my feet up and all of that stuff. Um, it was quite challenging for me, but you know what? I, I thought about it from a perspective of this is the most important job I'm ever going to have. It is. Yeah. It is. It really and when was. You really so think I had about to take it, uh, you know, just to kind of, I can't say deny, but to, to, you know, conduct yourself in a certain way. It's only a number of days before you actually have to give birth. So those days that you are, um, doing what you need to do to ensure that your baby gets here safely, um, just think of it in, in those terms. It's, it's less than 300 days that you have to do what you need to do in order to bring forth a healthy and whole human being. It's, it's mm-hmm. really not that bad. So you've been doing this for over 20 years. So are, yes. are you also delivering babies as well as being the, um, the OBGYN in, in the process of women being pregnant and everything? Well, um, I'm the high-risk person. I'm the one that um, your OBGYN will send to if you have a medical issue such as diabetes, such as Mm. hypertension, such as HIV, such as if, you know, you're having multiples or you have a baby that has a congenital anomaly. So while I do deliver, you know, when I walk into the room for me to deliver, then there's a problem. So most, you know, most people don't want to see the maternal fetal medicine specialist walking into the room because automatically there's an issue. Do I deliver? Occasionally, yeah. There are select cases that I will deliver. Wow. So you really have, you are that person that people are relying on to be able to kind of guide them into the most easeful, um, you know, process. Yeah. 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 All the high risk, all the high risk issues that that would be me. And have you noticed, Dr. Gaither, that these, that there's more high risks or that's increasing over time here? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was talking with a colleague of mine the other day, and I would say the, the, the top three things that we see that are different from when we first started um, from our fellowship, number one, the degree of obesity. The degree mm. of obesity, I mean, it, it's, it's just pandemic at this point. Morbidly obese women, um, uh, three, four, five, six hundred pounders is now kind of uh, the norm. People don't you know, react anymore as they did prior because of a very, you know, heavy lady and all the things that go along with it. Um, hypertension. Hypertension and, and hemorrhage are the top killers of pregnant women. See a lot of high blood pressure, lots of it. Uh, diabetes. Diabetes correlates with the obesity uh, pandemic. So those two kind of, kind of go along um, together. Um, more women are delaying uh, childbirth, you know, to secure their, their um, whatever goals they have work-wise. Uh, and so as you get older, 
there are more attendant uh, medical underlying medical illnesses that kind of go along with, you know, being older and delaying your your fertility and your pregnancy mm-hmm. and so forth. So, you know, there's certainly, you know, more hypertension and, and diabetes. But I would say of all three, obesity is the number one thing that has changed in the last 20 years when, when, I, was, um, when I was coming up in the ranks as a, as a fellow in maternal fetal medicine. I mean, you know, the bulk of the patients that I see are, are heavy. And, you know, to see a five or 600 pound pregnant woman now is, is no longer a, a fascinoma. It's, it's, a, it's a constant theme. Wow. Yeah, there is obesity is definitely an issue that we're battling here in America. And it's, and it can't, it can't promote a healthy pregnancy no, and really a healthy doesn't. childbirth at that point. I mean, there's, I mean, you, you can, you no, can see ahead, the complications. Sorry. Yeah. Very much so. I mean, first of all, with uh, fetal development, you know, heavier women are at increased risk of having babies that have congenital anomalies. Um, certainly the diabetes and the hypertension are going to go along with it. Um, for the mother, there's an increased risk of developing a cardiomyopathy because as you go further along in your pregnancy, you know, your heart has to adjust not only to pumping and providing the oxygen and the nutrients for you, but for your baby as well, and then you're heavy on top of that. So that's a real, real strain on your heart. Um, and then, you know, if you have to go for an operative delivery, you know, there are a lot of things that one has to consider. What type of anesthesia? Um, you know, heavier women have pendulous breasts and, and heavy, you know, their chests are heavy, so oxygenating them during, say, uh, an operative process can become uh, problematic. Um, trying to find the baby's heart uh, while you're, um, you know, having the patient on labor and delivery. You know, these are all problematic issues that go along with obesity. There are different instruments that you have to use when you're delivering a heavier lady. So, um, you know, for the most part, I think that uh, educating women on dietary choices is really um, an important part of uh, their prenatal package. And as we are segueing into talking about dietary choices, I think one of the other things that we should mention that we see a lot of now is preterm labor. And one of the dietary issues that seem to be attendant to the probability or increasing the possibility of preterm labor are, are vitamin deficiencies, particularly vitamin D. Um, there have been some studies out of... Uh, South Carolina looking at uh, vitamin D deficiencies and, and the preponderance of preterm labor. And what has been found is that, you know, women who have a deficiency in this particular vitamin have an increased risk uh, seemingly of developing preterm labor. Um, this is seen especially more readily in women of color and particularly in women who live in urban uh, environments where there is a paucity of sunlight and, you know, you're constantly in in high-rise buildings and in areas where there's very little sunlight. Vitamin D in human beings is produced in your skin and it's produced when you are in sunlight. So if you are in an environment that um, precludes that, 
like an urban environment with the tall buildings and, you know, taking the, the subway here and there and staying in an office eight to ten hours a day. And if, particularly if you're of color, because people of color produce less vitamin D, um, you, you are at risk for uh, a vitamin deficiency. And certainly um, if you're pregnant, you potentially are increasing the risk of having a preterm delivery. Mm, yeah, so it seems as though vitamin D is a big topic of conversation across the whole health arena. Like yeah, yeah, everybody um, seems to be deficient of vitamin D now, and it's and you know we have to ask the question why? Because I mean, I grew up in in Phoenix, um, and you know I'm low on vitamin D. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, and it could just be kind of that aging thing, and and so they seem to be a, this seems to be a high concern in regards to this. So I'm I'm sure that I, I definitely want to tap into the, the nutrient uh, category when we come back from our break. But I noticed too, just before we do go to break, that you did mention, um, you know, black women being more at higher risk, um, in regards to that, you know, with with obesity and mm-hmm. um, diabetes and everything. So. That's obviously a concern as well. And then you mentioned um, HIV. Is that still something? Is that on the rise? Is that being managed better? Um, I think it's being managed better. Um, I will honestly say I don't see the preponderance of HIV-related complications that I did uh, when I first came out of my fellowship training. I think HIV is now seen not not as a death sentence anymore, but more of a chronic um, illness. And certainly with the development of HART or H-A-A-R-T, which stands for highly active antiretroviral therapy, which is given to pregnant women and certainly decreases uh, by multitudes their incidence of passing the virus um, during their pregnancy or during the birth uh, to their babies. You know, it's, it's become you know, kind of like a chronic disease. It's not Mm. anything that, you know, is going to raise an alarm. Oh, my God, she's going to die. It's no longer that type of scenario. Right. Good. Well, we're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, um, definitely want to hear more of the opportunities that women can do to be healthy in their pregnancy. So stay with us, everybody. We'll be back with Dr. Keisha Gaither, MD, after this message. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision. One that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. 
Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back, everybody. You know, Beauty Inside and Out is designed to inform, educate, and inspire on all things beauty. And today our conversation is about the beauty of healthy babies. And my guest today is Dr. Keisha Gaither, whose specialty is high-risk pregnancies. She's been in this um, in this position for more than 20 years, and she's driven by a mission to provide exemplary prenatal care to all women, regardless of their circumstances. And I know that just in this first segment, um, Dr. Gaither, that you've already educated us enormously on that. So what are we looking at in regards to some of the statistics and some of these the, these issues around kind of the vitamin deficiencies and the nutrients? Well, um, we're looking at a, a, a lot. Um, you know, as I had mentioned earlier, you know, there are a number of things that I have seen a change in, uh, diabetes, obesity, hypertension, and particularly preterm labor, you know, it's really strange to note that the United States have has one of the highest incidences of uh, preterm labor and delivery in, you know, globally. Um, we are, we hold ourselves to be, you know, a leader in technologic advances, but yet in the most simplest of things concerning birth, you know, a lot, you know, having a, a lady go to full term, we seem to be falling um, down on that. Now, there are a lot of things that go along into the development of preterm labor, certainly, you know, infections, certainly, um, you know, uterine and cervical an- anomalies, uh, women that have had a history of preterm labor or if preterm labor runs in the family, there seems to be a genetic predisposition to it. Mm. Um, there's an issue as to the types of organisms that are growing in the vagina, uh, the vaginal microbiome, you know, that's the medical term for it, which can preclude you to having preterm labor. But now we have this this vitamin deficiency um, aspect, which if that is indeed an aspect, can certainly be readily uh, remedied. Mm-hmm. You know, vitamin D is inexpensive, it's well tolerated, and um, it's easy enough for either yourself or your physician to, to check your levels. Now, I'm on the scientific um, board of an organization called Organic and Natural, and, you know, one of the reasons why I uh, am really happy to be involved is because they are specifically looking at um, improving the health of, you know, our country basically by, you know, the foods that that you're eating. Vitamin D is now a push that actually, um, you know, we're going to to Washington to uh, 
you know, petition uh, the legislature to include uh, vitamin D as part of uh, prenatal care assessment and certainly um, making that a standard of care globally mm. in our country to preclude um, the development of preterm labor. So now going back to how, how do you know whether or not you're vitamin D deficient? There are two ways. One, you can either ask your doctor to assess you or you can assess your own um, level there's a website by the name of nutrientpower.org where you can go. Not only does this have a lot of information as to the various vitamin D, I mean, I'm sorry, the vitamin deficiencies that exist. It has a lot of information on vitamin D. There are test kits that you can get yourself to test your own self. But the other thing that's really good about it is there is um, a study that one can align themselves with. And basically what we're looking at is, you know, you know, throughout the United States, what what's happening with vitamin D? So we kind of mm. want to get an idea of how we are as a country as far as this particular nutrient, because vitamin D, like I said, is inexpensive. We grow it, in, you know, we grow it in our skin, but it is a vitamin that's involved in a lot of homeopathic or basic, you know, bodily functioning. Um, that if it's deficient, can readily be replaced. Vitamin D is involved in your bone development. Vitamin D is involved in your your cardiovascular health. Vitamin D is involved in your mental health. Deficiencies are associated with, um, you know, depression. Uh, deficiencies are associated with cardiovascular compromise. And certainly, as we see now, vitamin D has a role potentially in development of preterm labor. So, like I said, it's, it's inexpensive to uh, replenish yourself. So why not take a look at this and, and potentially just with a few pennies a day help to make your body um, you know, better functioning, your heart, your your mental health, and for pregnant ladies, you know, decreasing your risk of uh, preterm labor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously we should be getting vitamin D in our diets, but we're not. So to supplement and yeah, we're not getting enough. You don't get enough. Mm-mm. So supplementing vitamin D is a really great option. I think just in general, because I, you know, I mean, it's. I think um, one of the things I was hearing with you know friends. Um, that are reaching that, you know, perimenopausal stage, it's like they're saying Mm -hmm. you need more vitamin D, you need more vitamin D. So it makes sense. Um, But I liked what you just shared that you can kind of get some uh, tests and test yourself at the nutrientpower.org website. So I'm going to check that out. That's very interesting. Now, when you're talking about, um, you know, this this preterm labor, you're expressing it that they're not getting to 40 weeks, the supposed 40 weeks that would be considered full term. So these are, there's more premature babies being born yeah. than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And like I said, it's, you know, it is multifactorial. You know, it's genetic. Uh, there's a genetic component. There's an environmental uh, component. Um, you know, there are studies that not only have looked at nutrient deficiencies, but also, what, you know, what's in your environment that's contributing to it. You know, pollution seems mm-hmm. to have a contributing factor. Women who live in more polluted areas of the country have a higher incidence of, of having preterm labor. You know, women who are chronically stressed for whatever mm-hmm. reason 
uh, be it, you know, you're in a financial bind or you're in a domestic violence situation. These, you know, these subsets tend to have a higher incidence of, of preterm labor. Like I mentioned before, uh, there's a difference in the microorganisms that live in the vaginas of some women versus others. Uh, there is a particular bacteria, Lactobacillus, that um, is helpful in decreasing the amounts of vaginal infections that one can have um, during pregnancy. And if your uh, concentration of this particular Lactobacillus is, is low, um, that's going to increase your incidence of uh, developing vaginal infections, and vaginal infections are correlated with the development of preterm labor. So, you know, mm. there are multiple puzzles to this right. particular incident. Um, but again, if, if one can address at least a part of the puzzle, that can certainly be helpful for perinatal outcomes. Right. And that makes a lot of sense for you to say that, you know, to be able to have, uh, you know, to check the nutrient levels and the vitamin D levels with women going into pregnancy as a standard. I mean, that makes sense because here's one of the statistics that that um, is on your information sheet. Every day in North America, more than a thousand babies are born prematurely. That's a lot. That's a lot of babies. I mean, yeah. you know, every day when I go to labor and delivery and we're looking at the board to see what's on the labor board. I mean, it's going to be two or three people in preterm labor every day, every day. Wow. And 90% of them are deficient in vitamin D. Um, what I have begun to do at my institution, all my ladies get checked for vitamin D levels. Every last nice. one of them. Yeah. You come to see me in, in, in clinic, you're going to get checked. And if you're deficient, you're going to be supplemented. I mean, it's, it's mm. inexpensive. Um, vitamin D is good for you. I mean, throughout all stages of your life, pregnancy, you know, perimenopausal, postmenopausal. So, you know, um, I think that it's, it's useful to, um, to, to supplement, Mm -hmm. you know, I've applied for several, uh, grants to assist me in this endeavor, you know, looking at some studies and while I'm, you know, taking care of these ladies. So, yeah, if there are any grant funders out there who have an interest in vitamin D in pregnancy, please don't hesitate to, oh, to reach good. out to me yes. because I am looking for funding. Yeah, well, it sounds like a very important opportunity for people to uh, in, invest in, uh, for you to get more information. Because I know that, you know, in, in looking at these vitamin D deficiencies, um, you know, preterm labor, all of these things go inside and side. And you, like you said, it's a, it's a fairly easy fix. But, you know, I know that one of the things when I um, was going to have some tests done just to run, you know, a, a, a vitamin panel on me, mm-hmm. that insurance wasn't going to cover it. And I'm thinking, these, this is the crazy, this is the crazy part here. These are the things insurance should cover because once we know where we're out of balance, then we can we can take better care of ourselves. And, and what's uh, easier, you know, you know, to pay for a two dollar bottle of vitamin or to pay you know a couple hundred thousand dollars for a NICU stay. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that that's like very very costly. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in oh my goodness! Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. Very, very costly. Well, I know that when I had, I had a friend that was pregnant at the same time as me and she was, she was due, I was due in January with my son, who's 19 now, by the way, and in college. <laughs> um, and hers was, her son was due in the early part of March and she ended up mm. going into preterm labor and had her son in November. Um, and I just wow. remembered, yeah, I mean, it was very, very early. Um, and uh, he's fine. He's he's doing well. He's in college in New York, um, and all was good. But there was so much, you know, stress involved in just that point when he was in, in uh, you know, in Nico and being able to get him out, and then kind of just monitoring him to make sure that there were still good growth patterns going on, considering that he was born so early. Um, but it really makes you appreciate when you have a healthy child. Yeah, I mean, preemies have a lot of issues. Primarily, they have issues with uh, their breathing because their lungs are not developed to the extent that ours are to be able to oxygenate normally. They have problems with their feeding. You know, their suck mechanism has not been developed. And once they are able to take in, you know, uh, nutrients, their guts don't work right. There's an entity called necrotizing enterocolitis that they can develop. They have problems in maintaining their their uh, temperature. Uh, they have problems with um, turning yellow because of buildup of bilirubin in their bloodstream. I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, they have a lot of issues that potentially could be precluded with mommy taking uh, some vitamin D and, you know, allowing them to, you know, kind of bake, so to speak, until they're ready yeah. to come out. Yeah. So when taking these prenatal vitamins that they always prescribe to you, you know, when you're planning on getting pregnant or while you're pregnant, it's mm-hmm. not enough. So vitamin D on top of that in most cases? Probably is not, which is why it's always good to know what your level is going into it mm-hmm. and to at least, you know, monitor it, you know, for each trimester to make sure that, you know, what you're being given on top of prenatal vitamin, um, you know, is helpful to you, particularly as it relates to a woman who is, you know, of color and living in an urban environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So share with us... Um, what are some things they can do, like if we know that some of our listeners are planning to, you know, expand their family coming up here, what would be some good opportunities for them to do as a as a precursor to getting pregnant? Um, well, certainly, first of all, if you have any underlying condi- medical conditions, go to your doctor and, and, you know, get them optimized. That's That's the first thing. The second thing is I would start taking a prenatal vitamin that contains folic acid. Um, folic acid is important for uh, fetal brain development. Um, I would start eating more uh, um, foods that contain omega-3s like salmon because, again, those are those, that particular um, nutrient is really good for fetal um, brain development. Um, and I would cut out all my junk food cut out the sodas, cut out the fried foods, eat more healthy um, leafy green vegetables, you know, just kind of amend your diet because, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of that junk food, the sodas and, and, you know, the donuts and the pizza and all that old stuff, it really is not, it's not only not good for you, but, you know, the nutritive value is really not so great for baby because baby is developing 
you know, the systems that it's going to need to function. And keep in mind that if you um, yourself are a diabetic and you're eating all of this stuff, you know, you, you are precluding your child to potentially mm. develop uh, diabetes, you know, in the long run. Plus, have your baby already in utero have an increased uh, weight gain. So, the, you know, these are all just kind of basic um, common sense, you know, not, you don't have to think a lot about it. Um, just good food equals good baby. And it's, it's helpful to, to mommy as well. Absolutely. So the cinnamon rolls that I craved during my entire pregnancy were not a good idea. <laughs> no, I, maybe I tried to. Yeah, I tried to limit those. Um, but for the most part, I found myself wanting to eat healthy when I was pregnant. Like I craved more, you know, um, healthy foods than probably what I was eating prior to being pregnant. I think my cinnamon rolls was kind of like that. That was the one that drew the line where it was like, okay, not today, but maybe tomorrow. If I if I really have to, you know, satisfy this craving, I'll, I'll have it tomorrow. In um, moderation. Yeah, everything in moderation. But have you noticed too, I mean, I know you're, we're dealing with more obese obesity on the front end, but have you noticed that we're putting on more weight during the pregnancy than what was typically yes. normal? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, it's not unknown to see women gain 50, 60, 70 pounds. Yeah, yeah. And, you yeah. know, it, I know that, uh, yeah, for me it was 50. It was, and Whoa. I, yeah, it was a lot. Um, but I had a nine pound baby. Um, so Whoa. it was, it was, um, I got big, but I was, I felt very proportionate and I uh -huh. slimmed, I slimmed down right away. I mean, I didn't carry any baby weight afterwards and I, I did nurse for almost a year, um, but it was uh, it was shocking. I was very concerned because I was putting on so much weight, and I remember the doctor saying, "What are you eating?" And I'm thinking, "I'm not telling them cinnamon rolls." <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was really good that you breastfed. You know, uh, women that breastfeed tend to drop the baby weight quicker, um, so it was good for you. Uh, but it was also good for your your little guy too because. Um, you know, a lot of the immune system functionality that you have, you know, got transferred into your breast mm -hmm. milk and subsequently, you know, got to your baby. So, you yeah. know, breastfed babies have, you know, their immune systems are, are revved up, so to speak, from mommy's uh, breast milk. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was really, I, I, I didn't, it wasn't, didn't come naturally to me to do it. I really struggled with being able to do that. But I, I, I remember the nurse saying to me, she's like, you just had a nine pound baby. So he's hungry. <laughs> yeah, we're going to figure this out pretty fast here. So we're going to be supplementing yeah. while, while we're working on how to be able to make this an easeful experience for you. And I remembered thinking, no, I don't want to supplement with anything but my breast milk. But I remember thinking, no, I have to kind of like, this is where you have to somewhat be flexible to the situations that are arising. Yeah. Right. Well, make sure we're going to take, we are going to take another break, um, Dr. Gaither. And when we come back, okay. I want to hear some more opportunities and solutions to be able to have all of our listeners, um, whether they're the ones that are having babies or they have children, sisters, um, that are having babies, that we can make sure that we're spreading the word to have the most healthy pregnancy and healthy babies that we can have. So stay with us, everybody. We'll be right back.
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you looking to uncover your authentic self? Looking to improve your communication, selling, or public speaking skills? Discover Naked Audience Productions trainings on public speaking, leadership, sales, and healing. Mastering the art of authentic communications can change your life in many ways. From promotions to profits to enhancing any relationship, whether it's business or personal, finding and speaking your naked truth is a beautiful thing. Visit www.napevents.com or call 877-319-2403. That's napevents.com or 877-319-2403. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric EZ Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Beauty Inside and Out with Bonnie Bonadeo. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to bonnie at bonniebonadeo.com. That's Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. Now back to Beauty Inside and Out. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for always joining me here on Beauty Inside and Out. You know, you can always find me on my social media handles, uh, Beauty Inside and Out Show. I have a Facebook group. You are welcome to join Beauty Inside and Out Radio. On Twitter, it's Beauty In and Out. And, of course, you can always email me if you're interested in being a guest, an advertiser, or a sponsor for this show. We're reaching over 20,000 consumers that are interested in what all of my guests have to say, everything from health, wellness, and beauty. So we're on the Variety Channel here on Voice America as well as the Health and Wellness Channel on Voice America. And since Indicated out on many other stations and uh, as iTunes, Stitcher, and more. So, as uh, my current sponsor is, uh, I'd like to thank them. That's Chella Beauty, and I owe my brows to Chella Beauty because I don't have good brows. So, they are my brows of choice, and they're it's really easy to apply because it's a gel cream. It stays on all day, and it makes it very useful for me to be able to have that final framed look on my face that I like, which is to be able to have strong eyebrows. So thank you. And we're back here with Dr. Keisha Gaither, and she is a, a, a 
double board certified physician in OBGYN and the maternal fetal medicine category. So as you said, you, you're the one that, that shows up when things are going wrong. So can we talk about some opportunities to be able to have women that are either considering being pregnant or are pregnant right now to be able to have the healthiest pregnancy that they can? What would be, other than vitamin D, because we did talk about that, but that, and I know that you just shared on the break that there's a big push uh, to be able to get organic and natural um, in Washington to be able to have them understand the urgency of vitamin D. But what else can we do? Um, exercise is always good. Um, it helps to kind of prepare your, your pelvic bones and your mus- muscles around the pelvis uh, for, for labor. Um, I usually like to tell my ladies yoga is good. Mm-hmm. Um, swimming is good, you know, uh, you don't have to be bouncing around, you know, shaking up baby and, and, you know, potentially hurting your, yourself or falling because your back is out of alignment when, when you get pregnant. But yeah. those are two really, uh, good, um, ways to keep your muscle tone good and, and keep that pelvic tone, uh, good. Um, anything that relaxes you. Um, massages. Some ladies will do acupuncture to get those endorphins going to promote a state of relaxation. Aromatherapy is is always good for uh, relaxation and just kind of decreasing that stress level. So those are all things that I think are really, really good um, during pregnancy. You know, during pregnancy, that's the time to really pamper yourself and Mm -hmm. keep your mind at ease and decrease that stress. Because whatever you're feeling, please know that your baby is feeling as well. So I think those are all really good things and opportunities to decrease that, that factor of stress. And they were all low-cost solutions that you just provided. Like all of these are very reasonable to be to do, and and like you said, it's this is supposed to be the time that you get to pamper yourself. I never thought I'd have to be pampering myself by being on bed rest for as long as I was. Um, but I really I valued that time because you know I said to myself, I probably will never have this again. No. To just be able to relax and know that the job at hand is to make sure that my child in my belly is mm-hmm. as healthy and thriving as he can be until, and, and by the way, you know, because I did have uh, fertility treatment. So obviously I had assistance in being able to, um, get pregnant and I was very lucky cause it was very successful the first time, but I seriously had my son on the due date. So when they wow. say 40 weeks, I mean 40 weeks. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Baby came on time. Baby came on time. Yes. Yeah. And a nine pounder at that. And then, yes, I, I, I'll never forget the, uh, the nurses just kind of, uh, saying they were, they were, I couldn't really pay attention too much to him because I was, I had a lot of, a uh, lot of labor pains that were mm-hmm. pretty extensive. And, um, and I, I did my best to manage him, but, um, it's, was, it's giving birth. Um, but they were like running a, uh, uh, a little contest on how big they thought the baby was. <laughs> and the one nurse says after he came out, the one nurse, and I was able to, uh, have him vaginally. And the mm-hmm. one nurse says to me, she goes, see, I told you it was going to be a toddler. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, as long as the baby is healthy, that's all he was, that we yeah. really care about. 
he was incredibly healthy. Yeah. So, um, so what are, we got some low cost solutions here. So let's talk about then maybe from the standpoint of if there, if there is problems in the pregnancy, what are your suggestions? Because I know a lot of times women, they'll go to their doctors and they may not mention all the things that might be happening. And the doctor may then, you know, assume that they're kind of going through a normal pregnancy type of thing. But what do you suggest for these women that should be concerned or are having some other serious issues? Um, well, like I had mentioned before, hypertension and, and uh, is problematic um, in pregnancy and, and is one of the biggest killers. There's a condition known as preeclampsia. Preeclampsia is a condition that pregnant women can get, and it's characterized by elevated blood pressure, uh, spilling protein in the urine, you know, mm. swelling in your face and your limbs, and, you know, it can progress to the severe category where there are more life-threatening things like seizures, brain herniations, uh, fluid development in, in the lungs, uh, liver rupture, kidney failure. Uh, the placenta coming off while it's still inside of you. That's called placental abruption. So I think that, you know, if women, women's blood pressures are not well controlled, if the doctor starts talking about, you know, you're spilling protein in your urine, um, if you've had a history of preeclampsia, you know, these are all things to make sure that you uh, tell your doctor if you notice your face is swelling and your hands are swelling more than usual or you're gaining weight um, at a rapid weight. It might not necessarily be weight per se from food. It might be weight because you're accumulating fluid. Oh, so yes. those are all things that you need to be aware of. I think, you know, preeclampsia is probably one of the great imitators in our world of things that... Um, you know, people commonly um, mistake for something else. Case in point, one of the signs and symptoms of, of severe preeclampsia is a headache. Well, if you have a history of migraines, you, you might not know, is this a migraine or, or are we developing severe preeclampsia? You know, mm. uh, pain on your right side. Well, did you eat something that didn't agree with you or are you having this pain because your liver uh, is, is swelling and is about to rupture? You know, um, so these are these are things that you should be in tune with. I think preeclampsia of most things that occur during pregnancy is one of the main things that women should know about, should read about, and, you know, should have a working knowledge of during the course of their pregnancy. And it still surprises me that there are women that, that have never heard of uh, preeclampsia before. Hmm. Yes, because it seems it seems to be more common. I know that it does. Yeah, it does. Well, um, there are more ladies out there that are hypertensive to begin with, and you know, the hypertensive women are more likely to develop what's known as superimposed preeclampsia than, say, somebody that doesn't have underlying high blood pressure. So um, it's it's important that uh, women know about this particular malady. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we've talked a lot about what you can do for the healthy baby, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes the, the mother has some, some serious struggles in being able to deliver. And there, there's, is there a higher rate of deaths of mothers trying to deliver babies? Um, and is that associated uh, what with What we do see is a lot of what's known as postpartum hemorrhage, where you bleed 
um, after delivery. Uh, you see this more likely in babies that are large, women that have been pushing for quite some time, women mm-hmm. who develop uh, infections during their labor. Um, so, and, and women who have had a history of postpartum hemorrhage in the past, you know, they are likely to, you know, develop it again. So um, if you, you know, make sure you tell your doctor your history thoroughly, um, things can be put in place to, at least you can't prevent it per se, but at least you can be prepared for it. Oh, good. Well, you have you've shared some amazing information with us, Dr. Gaither. Thank you so much for all of that. Can you give us uh, give our audience more information where they can find more of this information, do their research, and have healthy babies? Well, certainly. Um, the March of Dimes talks a lot about preterm labor, um, so that's a, a great site to gain information. Um, Organic and Natural uh, has a website, nutrientpower.org, uh, which has a lot of information on vitamins and you know deficiencies and so forth and so on. I uh, make sure that I have on my own website a lot of information on women's health and maternal child health, and my website is www.keishagather.com and my name is spelled K-E-C-I-A last name G-A-I-T-H-E-R I can be found on Twitter my Twitter handle is at Gaither MD and I'm on Facebook so um, you know I make sure to put out a lot of information on women's health on public health issues that affect women um, and children so, you know, just just take a look. I'm I'm always talking and, and educating and you know, my, my platform is basically to ensure that we have happy, healthy moms and babies. Mm-hmm. That's I I think that's what we all want too. And I love I love on your website here there's this one uh, sidebar thing that says, just as we know how to give birth, our babies know how to breathe and we want them to breathe as naturally as they possibly can and live a long, healthy life. Like the mother, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us today. And uh, again, so it's uh, KeishaGather.com, and it's K-E-C-I-A-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. So check out her website. Find out more. I wish you the best of luck with that vitamin D, and I hope that you get the grants that you need in order to make this a more powerful um, opportunity so for women to be more healthy and to be able to, you know, start managing their health pre-pregnancy uh, and during their pregnancy as well. Well, I thank you very much for having me. It's been fun. You bet. Absolutely. I hope to have you back on here and we hear some more good stories and, and uh, some more success in okay. healthy babies being Yeah. So don't forget to join us next week, everybody. We're going to be doing part three of uh, Dr. Jeremiah Thompson. And we're going to be, we have a guest on that's done the detox program other than me. And she's going to be sharing um, her experience with being able to do the detox and get healthy. She's also training for a marathon. So um, she's got a great story to tell. And that's Lulu Benavida um, that's going to be joining us as long with Dr. Jeremiah Thompson. And as always, we have opportunities for you to be a guest. So if you're interested in being a guest, you can email me at Bonnie at BonnieBonadeo.com. And thank you for joining me today. And remember to always be you in beauty. Thank you for listening to Beauty Inside and Out. 
Please join your host, Bonnie Bonadeo, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.